0: India's tech industry is basically labor export. It's labor arbitrage. We rent a tech person for $10,000 a year and we sell it to some American for 30, 40,000. We make a lot of money and then we become billionaires and everything's wow, this guy is very smart. All he's done is taken labor and sold it and he hasn't done a darn thing himself. There's no value added, there's no invention of technology, or patents, not, no intellectual property has been created. It's quick money. And we made these people billionaires into heroes, like they've done us a favor.
1: We've just become people without any character, or you know, or moral values. Um, we don't care about the nation. We are very opportunistic, um, individualistic. We just want to make a quick buck and get ahead. And until and unless we we can stop that at an individual level and at a societal level. Um, This is not going to happen.
0: Our tradition will say go even deeper than that. Find a certain inner journey. From childhood we should teach our children yoga, meditation, sadhana to find a sort of mind management. The mind sciences is what we should teach our children. And then as they grow up they learn to be secure. Confident, It's not an external identity that I am a Punjabi and we, are, we got the best uh, saag, paneer and all that. Uh, it's more like I know I am contented in myself. I am contented, I have a place I can always go to and find my joy and find my peace. And with that I am externally active and helping others, playing a role in society. So, the, the, the real, the deep inner uh, quest is at the foundation of our education. Sir, we already know all these things. And we are, we, are, we are much better than we used to be. We need more time, but we are working on it. We will do all these things. It will take many, many years, but we will do all these things. So you just have to be calm and you have to be patient. But look at where we were. And then in the first term we did this, in the next we did this, then the next we did that. Then now we will do more. And so, you know, at some point in time we will, of course, address all this. This is what is normal. Very interesting thing is that uh, after 12th, Quite a lot of uh, parents
2: engage some consultants for their job uh, or for further studies placement or uh, uh, those things and all those guys are they have foreign universities foreign courses etc etc but definitely Ashoka is always in their menu so uh, maybe because Ashoka's are also giving these consultants some money to bring the uh, the students so that that is an attraction to those uh, consultants that they put the name of Ashoka also in that list.
1: I don't think it's uh, um, they're getting paid or anything from Ashoka. I personally don't think that. I think Ashoka has built a brand like Harvard. Uh, that it's a liberal and there's this mad rush for liberal arts as something new apart from engineering and medicine that traditionally Indian kids went for so this whole demand for liberal arts education without knowing what it really is uh, so there is a hype about it um, and Ashoka wants to be the premier institute for uh, you know, for liberal arts. And and at 40 lakhs what the parents spend, they have to also ask, what are they getting? Because in the US, many of these uh, humanities and social sciences kids are actually not getting jobs. They are unskilled, uh, that's number one. Num- and number two, they have a huge debt burden that they bring around. And the only places they can get jobs are in as DEI officers somewhere. So, and that's the ecosystem that the left has very cleverly created. So you, you know, you have these police officers, you know, caste sensitivity police officers all over now that it's pervasive in corporate and government and other institutes, that these will be um, the jobs that they will take on.
2: When we were talking about the caste system and breaking of the families, I think the joint family system is the answer to that problem.
0: That's not a question though. What's the question?
2: Is the joint memory system an answer to this problem?
0: What problem? The problem is, the, wait, wait, the problem is, you have to understand the problem. Uh, it could have been a prevent, preventive, but it's not a solution. What could have prevented is not necessarily a solution at this stage. At this stage, we have a very powerful critical race theory, critical caste theory, uh, tsunami. Uh, it has embedded in the U.S academic institutions in the core, private sector, in government uh, municipalities. It is being exported through visa policy and uh, foreign policy of the U.S. State Department or these kind of DEI is part of it. And the uh, World Economic Forum is into this in a big way. Our people love to go to Davos and hobnob and feel very good. They bring all this back. The U.S. corporate sector is bringing into the Indian corporate sector. The U.S. academics are bringing into the Indian academics. The U.S. religious institutions and churches are bringing into India. We haven't talked about the Arabs. They have something in MIT called the J-PAL. The J is the name of a Arab sheikh, and PAL stands for Poverty Action Lab. And uh, your friend Sur is uh, one of those executives on that. And the purpose of this is Saudi-funded um, MIT people to reduce poverty in india now you wonder and and it's all about and it's all about uh, the, this jpal in mit has uh, set up collaboration with indian universities in the south to do this research on poverty and uh, human rights and gather data and supply the data to the mit people so they can feed their algorithms and they can come up with more legal cases so we are being sold out by our own people because our own people are welcoming this sort of thing. So, when you say is a joint family, I mean, the, uh, it's sort of a joke almost because the, uh, you have your options have to be, uh, the, you have to prescribe an, uh, something as a solution which is an available option. Uh, it, which button would you push and say, okay, because I push that button, we will have a joint family system. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So, you should choose, you should only recommend uh, solutions which are available. Which are within. So you could say, uh, let's go and put pressure on the billionaires to stop funding it. Now that's available as an option. You could say, let's tell the government to stop funding these consultants. It's available as an option. You could say, let's uh, put a law on data privacy and data mining by foreign people, and so that they have to stop it. That's available as an option. So, your solutions, what is a solution, is this a solution or that solution, cannot be dreamed. You know, you could say, should, if W, if uh, UFOs came from another galaxy and they changed the world, sir, would that be a solution? That's, a, that's ridiculous because it's not available as an option. So, I don't think there's an option available you can, pol- as a matter of policy, As a matter of policy, you can institutionalize joint family system because that's not a policy issue. So, we can only uh, change uh, what we can change. And we cannot change mass behavior of Indian people. One is the what's the cyber police you
2: have been talking about. (laughs) And what impact is going to have our myopic industrial system or the myopic system where we are just transporting the persons to do that. Because what it, what will happen after all these studies get implemented? Okay, so the and the second is, thing, sir, yeah. nothing more. I would like Vijay, you tell what the <laughs> audience sitting over here should try to do that, so that we can create a mass, and to work it on that to build the pressure.
0: So what he is referring to as the cyber coolie thing that I'm talking about is that India's tech industry is basically labor export. It's labor arbitrage. We rent. Uh, Tech person for ten thousand dollars a year, and we sell it to some American for 30-40,000. We make a lot of money, and then we become billionaires, and everything's wow. This guy is very smart. All he's done is taken labor and sold it, and he hasn't done a darn thing himself. There's no value added. There's no invention of technology, or patents. Not no intellectual property has been created. It's quick money, and we made these people billionaires into heroes, like they've done us a favor. Now, the irony is that whenever you go to some very big tech company, in, whether it is Google or Facebook or Microsoft or Apple or, uh, uh, you know, Amazon, you go to the French, some of these French companies, you go to Raphael where they are making all those jets. India buys them for like huge amount of money. Uh, India is paying so much money to buy these technologies and most large percentage of their engineers are Indians. So, the reason Raphael is so expensive is because the one jet can do the job of 50 pilots because with AI it can, it has sensors, it monitors so many enemy planes and keeps track of the potentials and the algorithms of these planes and what are all the scenarios and comes up with the right scenario. And one one pilot couldn't do that. and You need 50 pilots to do that. So, this is why it's so good. But this AI, where did it come from? When you go and look at their defense labs and research labs and the, all the subcontractors that they are using and down the whole pipeline, the supply chain of these systems, a lot of Indians working there. So, you, th- you it is like we are the tech coolies. We are doing the coolie work. Uh, we are and, and they, are, they are getting the knowledge, the value out of it and then we are importing it back. I have said this for 15 years. That the, the people were worshipping as big heroes because they got money. That doesn't mean that they are great because they have money. They have been irresponsible in, the, in deploying that money, putting it back into building technology, building products. Now compare this with China. China also started with poverty like us and needed foreign investments and wanted to sell cheap labor. So in the manufacturing sector, they sold cheap labor like we sold in the services sector. But with a difference. The Chinese told the, uh, there is no law on this, but there is a d- understanding and partnership between the private sector making all this money and the government that you should take between 25% and 50% of all the profit you make by selling cheap labor to the Americans, take that and invest it in copying those designs and coming up with your own product. So, now, you know, Apple is made there, but Chinese making their own. Uh, you know, electronic vehicles, they got uh, Tesla and now they are Chinese making the road uh, You look at all the missiles and all these destroyers and all all kind of aer- aerospace, they are basically copying, stealing, whatever it takes. So, what they are doing is basically selling labor cheap in order to get money and then taking half of that money made to kind of uh, come up with their own products uh, and get ahead of their client. Now, India has So many, there are so many lakhs of Indians in Wall Street running banking, running the whole investment industry, pharmaceutical research, automobile research, not just IT, lot of these. And the brains that are writing the software and coming up with what's the future banking, future payment system, the Indian guys, lot of them. But we haven't figured out, we haven't thought of it. TCS didn't think of it. Infosys didn't think of it. And, uh, you know, HCL and, uh, you know, this uh, Mahindra, all these guys didn't have the desire to invest some of that money. They just wanted to get quick money as quickly as possible and pocket it and make, become rich. Had they invested in the last 20 years, 25 years, by now we would have had a large amount of intellectual property. India would have had. So, I think this is the tech coolie. Syndrome, and our billionaires have something to answer.
1: I just wanted to answer your question. Um, in the book, we say, "Is India for sale?" And we all must agree that yes, India is for for sale. If you look at um, the individual level and at the societal level, uh, it definitely seems like that. Uh, we've just become people without any character or you know or moral values. Um, we don't care about the nation. We are very opportunistic, um, individualistic. We just want to make a quick buck and get ahead. And until and unless we we can stop that at an individual level and at a societal level, um, this is not going to happen. So um, I think it's time for introspection as a nation, uh, as families. Um, we have to also ask uh, how much are our kids uh, like us how how much of the values um, that we have uh, do our kids share those same values so these are all things that we can all do individually and see if there is something that we can contribute to nation building and uh, you know building our families building the future generation and i think this is a question that we all should um, introspect on otherwise there's no change that's going to happen
3: hi First of all, it was all a very interesting talk and I think this is what you call are the tectonic forces that are uh, what do you call um, uh, forcing India to break and you're offering threatening India and you're trying to find what the root causes are and how to confront them. I feel that these are all like scratching on the surface. I really don't believe that this is the main fundamental problem. The fundamental problem is India and its governance right from the beginning. They have not focused on what's really important for the country. And I have spoken about this with you before, that it's so important to have basic fundamental education. You know, you have uh, people who have uh, so-called graduated, cannot read, cannot write. Don't know basics, right? How can a country ever progress? Right? So you have to take care of the, and it'll never progress unless you take care of your own. So instead of, you know, going after the billionaires and, you know, that they shouldn't do that, I think India itself, I'm talking of the governance, the government should realize what they need to do to invest in India, in its people.
0: Good. So that's a good discussion. So, um, see, uh, certainly education as a cause is much deeper than these other things which are the effect of uh, uneducated people. You could go, but I would say that's also not the deepest cause. That's also scratching the surface. Let me just tell you what's even deeper. Let me tell you what's even deeper. I should
3: mention one thing. When we talk of education, there are two elements in education. One is you know academic basic reading writing arithmetic so on there's a second education of self-esteem mm-hmm. like today we do salam to anybody who's white right anybody who comes from outside you give importance because you don't you're worthless you think you're worthless so all that should be taught at a very early stage sure. when the brain is. so i'm talking of two levels of education as fundamental you know
0: yeah. Yeah, so I am saying that one has to go even more fundamental than that. Uh, Self-esteem as a sign sign of pride, ethnic pride, it can result in arrogance. Uh, If you look at our tradition, our tradition says you have to go into what is called the Adhyatma, the inner being, through meditation, through sadhana, to find a source of anand which is not external. This is Buddhist logic 101. That as long as you are externally contingent and dependent on your satisfaction and on what what your pursuits are, you are chasing something. You are chasing something outside of yourself. And then you will either chase your own identity because they will say your identity is good or you will chase some foreign thing. But either way it is an ego trap and you cannot beat that. You cannot achieve that in a sustained way. So our tradition will say go even deeper than that. Find a certain inner journey From childhood, we should teach our children yoga, meditation, sadhana, to find a sort of mind management. The mind sciences is what we should teach our children. And then as they grow up, they learn to be secure, confident. It's not an external identity that I am a Punjabi and we we got the best uh, sag, paneer and all that. Uh, It's more like I know I am contented in myself. I am contented. I have a place I can always go to. And find my joy and find my peace. And with that I am externally active and helping others, playing a role in society. So, the the real, the deep inner uh, quest is at the foundation of our education. So, how many education systems do you know of, including the very activist ones uh, that are out there trying to train people and all that, helping poor people, really are focused on help bringing the child into an inner state. Of consciousness, teachers themselves don't know how to do this. Teachers themselves aren't equipped. So how are they going to teach the teachers, uh, teach the students? This is the old, old uh, Gurukul system. The old Gurukul system is a lot dependent on building your inner being and your values from within. Now, if you really want to go into what is the right solution, the ultimate solution, you have to go into education and the deeper levels of education. The reason we came up with this is that it is actionable. Education is a generation project at the very least. Uh, uh, Telling, but if you want to, if if there are things where you can push buttons and have something soon enough before India is devastated even further. You cannot say let's wait for 25 years for another generation to come out because we may not have 25 years. You can do the the kind of things we are talking about because part of the issue, part of the topic is how to confront and deal with them now. How to confront. So, we have to look at, we have to look at a game and not say, okay, we are in the middle of this cricket game, now what do we have to do? There are strategies, this is day four in a five-day match, what do we do now? Of course, one could say we should be training people better. But that's a generational issue. We are in the middle of this game, what do we do to play this game better and win is the kind of pragmatic thing we are taking on. A more theoretical longer term thing which also needs to be done is how do we train the next generation of cricketers so we get benefit 10 years from now. That's a different question. So, the, the issues we have raised of the problem with consultants, the problem with no data policy, the problem with billionaires going here and there, the problem with Ashoka University having no controls on it and all that stuff are actionable. They, it's not easy to do. Even this is difficult enough. It, but it is actionable if somebody really wanted to. That's why we picked things that are pragmatic. Short term.
1: Can I just answer that? Um, so, to to be strong individuals, of course, the adhyatmic the side is very important. But I also think education should be rooted in one's civilizational lens. And until and unless you have that you don't have a strong sense of identity in a healthy sense, not arrogant sense. For example, how many of our children learn uh, the entire curriculum in their Matrubhasha? They don't. How many of them know any of the, how many of them have read any of the moola granthas in Sanskrit? Because this is our civilizational, uh, you know, Uh, background. And if we don't know who we were and who we are, we can never be grounded individuals.
3: I'm I'm actually going beyond that in some ways because self-esteem is one aspect. It's also equality in terms of gender, in terms of race, in terms of religion. Taught at a time where the kids' uh, brains are wired in such a way that they're able to deal with it later on in life. Because there is, you know, how do you get rid of hate? I mean, you know, in the U.S., they were talking when George Floyd Floyd case came up. Oh, we should do police training. We should do, you know, teach them these biases that are inherent, you know, in the white folks. So we should treat them. And they do it also at the corporate level. But honestly, this should be done at the fundamental level of pre K. So that's the point I make. And why, why can the government not start that in India? It's so easy to implement. So,
0: in our culture, it's not even pre K, it's, it's at the time of conception. Conception, It is. It is in the time of conception. Uh, it, it starts with the mother's lifestyle and behavior and state of mind, which then gets into the epigenetics of the baby. Epigenetics of the baby that can be scientifically tested. People should do, be doing that. So, the process of education starts the moment there is a being to be educated. It's like machine learning. The machine learning algorithm is always getting sophisticated based on experience. So, a, bo- a newborn is learning from that moment on. Every single, you know, who is happy, who is sad, what does the mom say, when I try to get up I fall, I learn from it. So, every little action and the result uh, and all the uh, cognitive experience is a learning experience and your the child's algorithms keep learning so the child as a learning algorithm uh, is is not at pk or anything it's a lot of the, the moment there is the root algorithm established then it starts learning so it's it's the earliest moment i think that is of course what our tradition says that we ought to do that and now, to institutionalize it on a very large national scale, you got to train a lot of teachers, you got to develop that curriculum, you got to revive all of that. Uh, and and this, is, this is a long-term process. And it hasn't even started. I don't even think our, our planning people even believe in all this. So, this is, this is, of course, where we have to end up. And I fully agree with that. This is ultimately what we have to end up with. Yes. Anything else is stopgap, survival. Stop the bleeding with some band-aids. That's what everything else is.
4: Uh, this is to address uh, both uh, Rajiv and Vijaya. Uh, I've been going through your books. And uh, I find the entire concept of concept, cancer culture that you're talking about being practiced in India right from independence. The majority is always made to feel guilty about what the minorities have suffered. Whether they have actually suffered or not is a matter of question. But what I would like to know from both of you is in your current visit, you had an opportunity to meet various government officials. What is the reaction that you find?
0: The honest answer is… No, the honest answer is I I won't name people. I mean, I don't… I'm already… I'm already sufficiently controversial and in too much trouble. And I don't want to do… But the honest answer is, uh, here is the… here is a sort of the summary of what everyone says. Uh, Sir, we already know all these things and we are are much better than we used to be. We need more time, but we are working on it. We will do all these things. It will take many, many years, but we will do all these things. So, you just have to be calm and you have to be patient. But look at where we were and then in the first term we did this, in the next we did this, then the next we did that, then now we will do more. And so, you know, at some point in time we will, of course, address all this. This is what is normal. So, what I tell them is why don't you go parallel? You have a huge amount of resources. You are you are going with development. That's fantastic. And you are going with, you know, bringing all these kind of things, electricity here and uh, digitization and all that. What is wrong with you set up a sort of a civilizational ethos and self, and, you know, deep education. Let's call it deep education rather than curriculum education. This is character building, value building, deep education. Why don't you set that up? That is when you know, the answer is sort of very nebulous. We will think about it. We, we have enough to do. I mean, basically, it's a cop out. That's basically. Of, of the, I feel, but I will tell you, my assessment is that this new government has done a lot. It has done an amazing amount. It has done more than it was ever done before. And, it, and or any other alternative government could have done in this short period of time. So, I give them full credit. And maybe I am too Restless because we have so much more to do, and maybe I don't know enough about what the reality is, how difficult all these things are in a complex country like this. Uh, but I'm rest, I am rest—I am restless because I am seventy-two. I have put in thirty years into this, and uh, I see a lot of progress. I see things are better today, but I think we do not have enough time compared to considering all the threats we face. How rapidly, the aggressively they're moving forward. And and we are being we we are being undermined. So this business that we are Vishwa Guru is all BS. I I don't believe that. Okay, we got the G20 and we got the nice GDP growth, all of that. But if you look beneath the surface of that, things are not all that secure for us.
4: You find these days children are hardly exposed to any kind of moral science, uh, which is very sad. Our entire education system has got hijacked by colonial occupation, and post macaulay the Indian system has totally been eaten away. You do not allow any Indian scriptures to be taught in any schools. Right from Gita or Ramayana, it is never taught. Now you can teach Quran, you can teach uh, Bible, but you can't teach Gita. So if that is the way we are going to be and we're going to neglect our own culture, then this is the way we'll go. We won't move anywhere else.
1: I I can just say that if you can afford to home educate your children you should Um, or there are other options now coming up Uh, different gurukulams are starting Sanskrit education is picking up so I think parents need to you know make sure we the goal should at least be to rewind the cultural clock so if you have children you should at least you should have a modest goal of saying my kids will be I at least as civilizationally aware and educated as my great-grandparents and that's not too much to do because our great-grandparents themselves were colonised and had lost a lot of the sanskars so and that's um, it's doable because I've done it myself and I think many more parents should step up and do it and take the courage and do it if they can afford it not of course not all uh, are able to give that much time. Thank you Dr. Yes, Rao,
5: Satyan Gupta and Ji and Madam mm-hmm. Vijaya. Actually it is always fascinating to listen to you and I have attended two, three of your lectures and as Dr. Rao have prompted me to ask the question, it is same question which others are asking that how to do it actually basically and the challenge is are already mentioned also. So I personally feel that we as the parents have to start the ball rolling at home, actually. As they say, charity begins at home. And I think that if somehow a, uh, propaganda can be done to educate the parents, then to educate the bureaucrats who are already educated and who are claiming to be knowing it and still telling that it will take time. That That is what I call Hindu rate of growth in the Indian bureaucracy. So we cannot leave it only to the bureaucrats or to the government. We as parents also I think have to do our part of the job. That is what I thought if somehow you can also start motivating the parents through a broadcast channel and especially Dr. N. Bhaskar Rao, I think he can help us in India or help you in that. That how to reach out with your messages, your concerns and your learnings and findings to the parents in maybe a, some kind of broadcast manner. Maybe some channel have to be started. we
2: We do? We have Can we have a kit? That can tell us that we are proud Indian, we can just go through and follow that. We can teach our kids to do that. Can we have a toolkit of that? For your time? I just
6: wanted to say, uh, I think you made a very important point. I agree with uh, parents, the role of parents. Uh, that's what uh, having been in Delhi for 62 years, uh, working at the macro level, I decided to shift to the micro level. Now I'm working with the parents and the children, both together. And that's my experiment going on last one year in uh, my village in Andhra. About it I will talk to you later because we have now two eminent people I was so impressed today. I've been mean, uh, to their lectures earlier two three places. I read not all of them all their books but some uh, was fascinated but today even more the clarity I got from their uh, outlook and uh, uh, the earlier the first, well, the first one I got locked into blood which, but today I am very happy both of you have clarified uh, my ambiguities that uh, I got into, but not because of you, because of my own pain. I just want to, because there is a book of mine which I wrote about 7-8 years ago, I don't know when it was 7-8 years ago on the same subjects that uh, you are talking and uh, what that uh, Rupa has been talking. So I want to present, there is another one which is in Telugu about women empowerment, what you are doing in Houston, non profit uh, thing, and that some experiment I am doing in my village. But it is in Telugu, it just come out last month, it is not yet released actually. I am presenting it to you. This is, so this is in English, what uh, you and uh, Vijay has been talking yeah. is what you are talking about. about that. So using you. The parents
3: and the children are uh, the values. to discuss the values. It is the fundamental things that we have been talking
6: yeah. The deeper. Things that he has used the word deeper. That's what the deeper thing is. Yes. One issue that bugging uh, me is perhaps it's a time to go and question the very development model that we got into 70 years ago. Yes. It's not today and yesterday, but 70 years ago, we deviated from the path that our elders Starting from till like twenties, nineteen twenty to forty, we had a clear understanding of where we are. We want we want as a country to head. But then after fifties, <laughs> we change our route. How it happened and what mechanisms or what interventions have taken place? Why we have deeper and deeper getting into? Unless we change this model, question. Your, your, your approach that I am taking, I totally share that and agree with you. Questioning, questioning the development idea, these measurements, trap that we got into. Unless we de-link from this model, we will not be able to address other one. The other one, of course, is the most important thing along with the development is the education. That we have discussed at length, so I will not go into that. But this, uh, currently, I am working on this development concept. What is development? And who has decided this model for us? I, I had my personal experience of what UNESCO did in the 1960s. What they prescribed, then it has become an advice, then it is as if it is a kind of it, uh, you have to do this, World Bank dictating to us what we need to do, you know, there are examples uh, in my new book, I have mentioned these things, uh, these are the things that we need to question at the macro level. I think uh, your mission, I am hoping that question that Lalit has asked like has asked is very relevant because we need to bring sensitivity at the macro level, at the decision-making level and at the parents and children level. These are the two levels we need to work for that time is short, time is running out. We have a little limited time. This is how I am looking at
0: it. Thank you. So, the development model is not just an India issue. This is a whole global crisis of the model of development. I think humanity in general following this model is going in the wrong direction. And that is a whole separate discussion, if you want, we can have on the concept of development as, as a material development, GDP, all these kind of things, uh, you know, I, I, are they sustainable? The uh, next
6: model that you are talking, unless you are, is that link?
0: Yeah, yeah no, I understand. Uh, I am just making my yeah, statement yeah. that the development model based on a very materialistic outlook, not developing the inner being, but taking the inner being as is in a very traumatic, troubled, angry, jealous, selfish kind of an average yeah. human being. Taking them as they are without working on that and trying to up, uh, outwardly get them more this and more goods and more services and GDP and compete against each other and treaties and whatnot. I think that's a disaster. That's yeah. a recipe for disaster. And the whole turn into the inner uh, is required but that's a whole separate discussion on development models I'd love to have it someday
3: I just wanted to ask that uh, you mentioned that uh, we should not we should ban the you know data mining and data privacy for the foreign institutes or yeah foreign scholars whoever are doing is it banning you mean only for the foreign organization no, or institutes no, or even no. for the Indian anyone who's it, doing it, the data it, mining anyone.
0: the question is who owns my data do I own it or, yeah. or you measuring me own it? Mm-hmm. So, let's say, <laughs> you see, uh, you are measuring my data and yeah. currently it says you measure it, whatever you can pick up is yours. Yeah. Right. And uh, But I, my, the other claim is, Europe is actually debating these issues better than anyone else. EU is debating them. That I, it's data concerning me, no matter who measured it, it's mine. Okay. It's like in medical, we all accept that all my medical records belong to me, not the person who took the x-ray. So, if you expand it beyond the medical to everything, then they need to get my permission. Then if the algorithms of uh, uh, Facebook benefit from 2 billion people that they are measuring, then a certain portion of Facebook revenue should be allocated to all of them as loyalty. And the moment you do that, their values will go down. So, so the point is if, if the raw material, you know like oil is the raw material for certain industry, if the raw material for this new AI driven economy is data, then the, harvesting the data from lots of places. I propose that there should be a data meter. How much data they taken from you, you, you and then at the end of the year they should take all their raw in, revenue. Some portion should be allocated as royalty and in, in proportion to all the meter, they should give money, everybody should give money back. You know, because that's, and now these companies are worth one trillion, two trillion, almost 3 trillion dollars. Imagine, India is a 2.5 trillion economy trying to become 5 trillion, but Microsoft alone is over 2 trillion. So, the, the staggering amount of money they have made in the last 20 years to picking up from us our data, you know, it's amazing. So, something has to be done and I think the, there are not enough people championing the uh, Aam okay, in this area.
6: That's the problem, nobody is championing it, not many people at least, like uh, what he has been doing. I think uh, we take inspiration from uh, both of you and uh, I personally would like to offer, you know, volunteer with you. I mean you are doing a great job, very courageous job both of you. I think there are many people like me across the who agree with you, we share with you, and uh, some of us doing something or other over the years, but with not much to claim. I must say that very frankly. So, I uh, would like to thank you for this, uh, sparing your, so much of your time and uh, being with us. And I would like to thank uh, Dr. Katrina, Dr. and of course, uh, it is uh, Rajiv and uh, Vijay. Vishwanathan and all of you for uh, being part of this session. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>